the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe. What's up? What up? I got some really potent coffee this morning, so I'm feeling pretty amped up. <laughs> I can tell you're dancing <laughs> to the show music. I was going to tell you this quick story about what's been going on in my dog's life. We have this dog. It's a great dog, but it was always itchy, and it would like do that thing at night where it's like, and just keep you up, you know, when your dogs yeah. do that, and it feels like the, it's ruined the dog. And uh, But also, <laughs> the poor dog was in pain. Her paws were always nasty, and her ears were always infected and everything, and we took her to the vet, and the vet was like, oh, shots. And so they did. Shots, Here's a $160 shots, shots, shot. Shots, shots, And then the $160 shot worked for like 30 days, and they're like, yeah, well, she needs one every month. And we're like, wait, $160 a month? Like, that's... That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So then we had to give her a food test. Which was the next thing, and it cost more money than it should because it's the vet, whatever. But we're like, anything's better than $160 a month. So they give the dog the, the food test, and we find out, they give us this printout of all the foods that this particular dog is allergic to. Spoiler alert, the dog is allergic to planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> that's basically like everything that a dog regularly eats, this dog is allergic to. So the couple things that she's not were like tuna fish and brown rice and carrots and broccoli. And so that's what we've been feeding her. And it's actually less than the the stuff that we put in the $150 bag of dog food that they recommended from like the UK made with no food. It was like, <laughs> there's like nothing in it. Somehow it's food. Yeah. But anyways, we switched the dog to this diet and in about 20, 30 days, all the symptoms that she had went away. She leaned back out so she looks more like her breed should look because she was getting a little chunky on the other stuff. And uh, it's crazy how much just changing the diet seemingly fixed the dog. She lays around less. She's got more energy. She seems happier. You know, she wants to play more, all that kind of stuff just from switching up the diet. That's pretty wild. And we had a ex similar experience with Molly. She wasn't doing well, was just super anxious all the time, very lethargic. And I brought her into the vet and you know, she was eating a, a, actually it was a pretty decent dog food, but I guess a couple of the ingredients weren't great for that breed. Yeah. Even though that's what the breeder had recommended we put her on. And we switched her to like a white fish and potato one where those are the main ingredients. And she's done so much better. I mean, she kind of smells like fish sometimes and that sucks, but outside of that, it's <laughs> worth it. Uh, so why are we talking about this with our dogs? I think it's funny that we care so much about our dog's food allergies, but most of us have never took any time to investigate whether or not we have a food allergy. <laughs> and what if we are could be operating at a much higher level, but our normal is just such that we just think, oh, that's a normal part of who we are. I always feel like crap in the morning or whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah, and when it's perpetual, it's just it's just how it is. You don't notice it. No, it's right. like that way with chronic pain too. But yeah, so so these types of things can in, interact with IBS, IBD, irritable bowel syndrome, or disease. And then there's this kind of confusing mm, hodgepodge of all types of things because you've got sensitivities, you have allergies, and you have intolerances, and they're all different. And there's different things going on in your body. And sometimes we just lump them all into the same category. Yeah, and I think maybe that's why people don't pay too much attention to it because it's just too much information. Yeah. So maybe we can break it down a little bit. Yeah, let's give it a whirl. 
Um, so let's start with outright allergy. So if you have a food allergy, this is an actual medical condition in which exposure to a food is going to trigger an immediate immune response. These are a little bit more severe, sometimes aflaxic, sometimes require medical attention. So those types of things you probably don't want to mess with and, and, and cut out. But there's actually, an, what's happening is it involves an immunoglobulin E antibody that's reacting to the food. Antibodies are kind of like rockets that, that are guided at your immune system and to get rid of anything like viruses that can harm you. And in the process, sometimes you get some pretty nasty symptoms. So I was looking up, I was curious what percentage of people had food allergies. And in the U.S. here, this study from Northwestern in, says that the food allergies in the U.S. that are the most common are shellfish. So 7.2 million people are allergic to shellfish, adults. Oh, man. And then milk Oops. is the next one with 4.7 million people being allergic to milk. Peanuts, 4.5. I would have thought peanuts would have been higher. Because yeah. having kids gone through elementary school, you would have thought having your sending your kids with peanuts to school is like the equivalent of just like you packing a gun. <laughs> the worst thing you can do for your kids. <laughs> yeah, it's like here I'm sending my kid to school with peanuts. <gasps> but don't worry, I taught him a bunch of racist jokes. Well, that's not so bad. But the peanuts, they gotta go. <laughs> they got. <laughs> and then tree nut allergy, which I guess is the same like almonds family. and stuff like that. It's yeah. 3 million people. And fish with fins is 2.2 million people. Eggs, 2 million people. Wheat, 2 million people. Soy, 1.5 million people. But yeah, surprisingly, I was surprised how many people are allergic to milk. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Well, there's now, 400 million people in the U.S. and that's about 5 million people. So it's a little bit more now, than 1%. Now I'd be curious, are they differentiating allergy versus intolerance? This is allergy. This is allergy. Got it. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Imagine the impact on the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company that that, that 7.2 million is having on them. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so let's, let's, let's try to put that in context. So in the U.S., if there's 400 million people, that's seven. So that's two out of 100. Wow, that's people. actually, yeah. So I shouldn't have served shellfish at my wedding. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. So... Now that we kind of talked a little bit about allergies, let's talk about food sensitivities. I mean, this probably applies to, to, to more people. It's kind of a tricky category. It may still involve an immune response, but it's it, it activates a different antibody. So instead of that IgE, this is going to be IgG, immunoglobulin G. The food sensitivity is an immunologic reaction in the same way that allergy is, but it's delayed. So the reactions usually concur either hours later, or sometimes even up to three to four days later, which makes it really, really hard to pinpoint what was the triggering food. And this frustrates a lot of people. You know, some of the most common ones are the ones that we always talk about on our no-go list, which would be wheat, grain, corn, soy, dairy, mm -hmm. alcohol, and sugar. So to your point, the separating it out, there are a lot more people with food sensitivity. I found a study that said 26 million, which is 10.8% of U.S. adults have food allergies. So that's one in 10. Yeah. yeah, and that makes sense. Or now, food sensitivity, sorry. Yeah. Now, with trying to figure that out, the gold standard is still actually an elimination diet. So the tests are good to give you a roadmap, the blood tests, the saliva tests, you know, the 96 panels and things like that. But, but it's not uncommon to get false positives. 
And sometimes I found this out recently with a client. If you are women, especially at different times of your cycle, whether it's the follicular phase or whatever's going on, that can affect what foods you're sensitive to at different times. I know doctors like Elisa Vitti and others actually recommend a rotation specific to those cycles of which foods, which foods to avoid and which foods you're going to do better with. Uh, so I found that wildly fascinating. And so if you're somebody that's done one of those tests and you've just completely cut out a food all the time, there may be times where it's okay to rotate it in based on a number of different factors. But the ultimate test is still the less technical one of eliminating it for a couple of weeks and slowly reintroducing it and waiting three to four days after reintroducing, which we talk about in detail in our detox episode. Probably the closest thing that kind of follows autoimmune diet like that would be Whole30, something like that. That's a pretty close one. So of the things out there, it's not a bad thing to try for a month and see what's going on. So some of the symptoms that you may have, it could be something like maybe eczema starts to become more prevalent. It could be brain fog. Sometimes it could be irritable bowel. And sometimes, it, you know, like we said, it could be a couple of days later. Uh, so that's why... With the reintroduction period, you really just want to stick to one food group introduction at a time, wait three to four days, notate anything that's changed. It could even be sleep disturbances that aren't related to like a crying baby or something like that. Now, there's another category of food disturbances that's a food intolerance. So this is typically going to be presented with stomach pain, nausea, and it can overlap with symptoms of an allergy, but an intolerance doesn't involve the immune system. There's not really an immune response. Instead, it has more to do with lacking an enzyme needed to break it down, such as lactose intolerance is probably the most common one people are familiar with. So symptoms could be bloating, cramps, diarrhea, and other GI issues, but can also include headaches, brain fog, which sometimes can, could be confused with gastroparesis and some other significant medical conditions as well. Caffeine and eggs are, are two of the items that can also lead to this, in addition to lactose. Did you know that Fire Within works with companies and organizations that might benefit from a health course? Brandon's health course, Health Transformation, can be applied to your company and custom tailored to meet your company's needs. You could supply it as something from your HR department or just a gift by giving access to everyone in your company to the course. If that's you and you're interested, Go to firewithinnf.com on the homepage. Look for corporate partnerships. Finally, a sustainable approach to meeting your health goals. The Fire Within app, available now on Apple and Android. What you get is an intro to strength training guide, comprehensive exercise library with over 200 exercises, a comprehensive nutrition health transformation course, a six-week meal plan, over 70 recipes, a six-week health redemption strength training course. This is for use with people with equipment. And then the same course, modified for body weight exercises. You'll also receive a six-week Inferno Abs Core supplemental program. If you download our free app right now, you'll get access to the podcast, exercise and app quick start, recipes, and more. For a $29.99 a month subscription, You'll get the health transformation course, full access to the exercise library, the weighted course, the body weight course, the Inferno abs, recipes, and the podcast. So what are you waiting for? Try it now for free today. Download the Fire Within app. 
Now, with food intolerances, typically this is going to involve leaky gut, which we've talked about quite a bit on the show. Leaky gut is when proteins of these foods are actually breaking or slipping in between cells of the small intestines, which makes up most of your immune system. And we can actually strengthen the gut by removing the things that aggravate it for a period of time, working on gut health, adding things such as L-glutamine, which is probably one of the most helpful supplements out there. It's really, really cheap. Taking two to three servings a day if you've got some significant leaky gut can help strengthen the lining of the small intestine. So can collagen also. Collagen is going to do something similar, but L-glutamine is pretty powerful stuff for that. So I recommend that to most people experiencing issues, especially GI related. And then if you do one of those elimination diets, you can slowly reintroduce that. And something we talked about quite a bit on the microbiome episode is the effect that NSAIDs like ibuprofen, Tylenol, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs is what NSAID stands for. They're going to cause havoc, antibiotic use, especially haphazardly. I always tell the story about when I demanded a Z-Pack from a doctor who insisted it, it had nothing to do with my cold. And he was probably right. Like, um, but I just want it. But I just want it. So I took it. I immediately got better, but I wonder if it was placebo <laughs> effect. <laughs> like Alcohol can also break down the lining of the small intestines. I know, uh, Joe, I'm really, really sensitive to, to beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, beer and bourbon. And I really like bourbon, which is really sad. Maybe that's gluten. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It could be the weak component. But sometimes my throat closes up. Not completely. It's not like anaphylactic. But I get like a hoarse, raspy voice. And it kind of sounds like I'm in puberty. Puberty. I'm a real boy. But then I also, if I do have alcohol, a lot of times it's at a loud event, like, you know, a Hurricanes hockey game or a concert. So I'm sure some of it is also shouting <laughs> due to the loud environment. But but I do know that I'm particularly sensitive to beer, IPAs, even more so than than the others. Do you notice anything like that for you or not really? Nothing really. I mean, the only thing I feel is a little bit buzzed and warm in the face when I drink beer. So probably not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I feel what you're supposed to feel when you drink beer or yeah. bourbon. Yeah, my cheeks kind of go numb, which is kind of interesting. Like Novocaine at the dentist. That's what happens to my face. <laughs> I also, well, I do know that alcohol relaxes the back of the throat and could cause more choking and more. Yeah, you hear sad stories about people that drink too much and then end up passing away in their sleep because they fell asleep on their back kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so getting blackout drunk has other never, dangers. Never a good idea. No, never a good idea. I've never got blackout drunk. I did get pretty roughed up for my bachelor party once and that was enough. That's when I was crawling across the grass saying it's not worth it. Warn the others. <laughs> and somebody's got that it's on video. It's not worth it. Warn the others. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, somebody's got it on video. It'll come back to haunt me one day. Never again. So those are, you know, if you want to cut back on those for a period of time, give your gut a chance to heal. That's a good idea. Now, according to a study published in 2019 that included 40,443 participants, about 10%, almost 11% of Americans have an allergy, just like you mentioned earlier. They can be allergic to any food, but the nine most common are peanuts, milk, shellfish, tree nuts, eggs, like you said earlier, finfish, wheat, soy, and sesame. Now, this is going back to allergens, not sensitivities or intolerances. About twice as many, one in five, believe they're allergic to food, but half of them may be suffering from another food-related condition, such as an intolerance. So, so without testing, it's hard to do. And in the 2019 study referenced earlier, at least half of those participants discovered that they developed the allergy as an adult. So they're not just a childhood thing anymore. Shellfish are probably the most common to become adult onset ones. Now, they're also on the rise as kids. 
They increased by 50% between 1997 and 2011, according to the Centers of Disease Control and and Prevention. And between 1997 and 2008, the prevalence of a peanut or tree nut allergy in the U.S. children more than tripled. Uh, And I think this has a lot to do with early onset of antibiotic use with kids, especially in the first six months of their life. They have a significant increase in that. Because once again, it completely wipes out your white microbiome when you take an antibiotic. And that can create all kinds of allergens and food sensitivities, especially uh, early on as a kid. Now, other contributing factors, overly sanitized environments and coming through the COVID era, interested to see what impact babies born around that time have with hand sanitizing 36 times a day. Because without any exposure to bacteria, your body has a hard time building up a, a defense to it. Now, one of the most problematic environmental toxins would probably be glyphosate, which is in Roundup, which is sprayed on a lot of crops like soy, coffee beans, and other things like that, which is why I I do push to try and find organic when possible. But this actually has a pretty strong link to the rise of celiac disease. Now, can food reactivity be healed? If you can avoid foods long enough so that your gut can heal through a detox protocol, removing wheat grain, corn, soy, dairy, alcohol, and sugar, in addition to making your microbiome more robust by including more fruits and vegetables, maybe taking a probiotic, considering L-glutamine, things that are going to increase the strength of the lining of the small intestines, it is actually possible to improve your reactions to those. And in some cases, even even be fine with them, at least in moderation. All right. So let's say you're feeling maybe some symptoms that you have a suspicion might be either allergic reactions or an intolerance or let's walk through what is, how do you do an elimination diet? Like we mentioned earlier, we're going to eliminate the most common allergens, wheat, grain, corn, soy, dairy, alcohol, and sugar. Uh, We throw in shellfish as well. Some people, eggs have, they have an allergen or an intolerance to eggs. So for a lot of those periods of time where we cut everything out, that would be also involved. And you would, during that time, you would focus on things to improve gut health. I would probably add some L-glutamine. I would be increasing the amount of water increasing the amount of fruits and vegetables, more so on the vegetable side, and just be a little bit more mindful of the types of seed oils and anything that can harm the gut. So that would be like your canola oils, your soybean oils, those types of things, and finding sugar-free options without adding the artificial sweeteners like sucralose, because those are just as problematic. So after about two weeks of, of eliminating all of that, you would pick one item that you're suspicious could have an issue with at a time. Let's say you were suspicious it was eggs. You would have one meal with eggs. You would wait three to four days without introducing anything else or repeating eating eggs and notate in a journal, do you have eczema? Do you have sleep disturbances, brain fog, irritable bowel, or anything in those three to four days that may have been contributed to by eating those eggs? If the answer is no, you go on to the next food group. And you work your way through that. Without the reintroduction, it was kind of a waste to just pull it all out because you don't know, you didn't learn anything. So I think that's the most valuable part of it. It's not just giving your system a break to heal, but it's also identifying what could be problematic. Now, if you wanted to narrow it down and get more specific, you could use a blood test or a saliva test as a roadmap with the understanding that sometimes there's false positives. And just because you had a reaction to it at the time of that test doesn't mean you have a reaction to that all year long. There could be all kinds of confounding factors. 
So I wouldn't look at it as never have this item again, ever, ever, unless you have like an anaphylactic reaction to it. If you do decide to do one of the tests and I think they are helpful, but so do that elimination period. You're going to focus on being careful with NSAID use antibiotics. You want to add things like L-glutamine, collagen containing foods like bone broth, things that are going to help your gut. And then you want to increase your microbiome diversity through including lots and lots of different types of vegetables. But that's your basic protocol for dealing with that. Sometimes if you have a mild reaction to something, you can rotate it in. Like every four or five days, you can have that item. Let's say it was strawberries. Now, if it's an allergen, that's different than a sensitivity. And then as far as if you're lacking an enzyme, like the lactose, I think that the stronger your microbiome is and your immune system is, the better chance you have at tolerating foods. And there may even be a shift in the amount of enzymes you do produce. And you could take over-the-counter stuff like digestive enzymes or something like Beano if needed to, to help. They do have things out there like that. It's not really a fix, but it could allow you to enjoy some of those foods until you get there. So definitely go back and check out the detox episode we did way back when, probably 60 episodes ago or so. There's a lot of good information in that. You can also check out our new app. Our app has launched, Joe, uh, on the App Store and Google Play Store. There's an entire nutrition section to that. Just as we were doing the workout again yesterday, this is this is not a... Uh this is not one of those like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to feel it kind of workouts. Like, <laughs> You're going to feel it. This is a good one. <laughs> and it is scalable. So a lot of the third sets are optional. You choose your weight. And then even how many days a week on the first three weeks are, there's options there too. So, so you have workout one, workout two, workout three, and then workouts four and five are repeats of one and two. If you have the energy um, and if you're advanced enough to, to repeat those in the week, or you can spread them out a little bit more. You choose which days you take off, but I can help you with that personally. But also check out the nutrition section. I've unlocked a few things without the subscription, like the no-go list information. So check that out on the app, uh, on the nutrition course. And then if you want to subscribe and get the full thing with the meal plan and everything else, the shopping guides, the six-week workout programs, then you can subscribe. Any questions you have with that, shoot me a message at firewithinnf at gmail.com or my personal cell, 919-285-8906. But it is definitely worth doing. There's some unlocked sample workouts for you as well. Check those out and all the recipes are up there for free. I did want to make a special shout out. A large source of information for this episode came from Mo Perry's submission in Experience Life magazine. So definitely check that out. And thanks for the good work those folks are doing for Experience Life. And I think that magazine's also in association with Lifetime Fitness. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.